MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, September 8th, 2020. Today, Trump attacks the Pentagon, calling the top brass war profiteers, an accounting of the fights fueling Trump's legal bills. The latest polling shows Trump's ugliest campaign strategy may be imploding. Debbie Wasserman Schultz is blocked from touring a postal facility. More on Trump and Barr peddling the same lies as the Kremlin about Biden and voting by mail. The original cast of The Princess Bride is gathering for a reunion reading of the script as a fundraiser for Wisconsin Democrats. And Trump continues to push for a vaccine well before phase three trials are complete. I'm your host, A.G. Hey, everybody, I have a great show planned for you today. I will be joined by Alex Mohajer, activist, author, award-winning independent American political writer and commentator. He and I will be discussing the National Vote at Home initiative. Uh, I will also be bringing you the headlines for today, and we've got a whopper of a lead. You'll want to stay around for that. I'll also be doing the good news segment for you. There might be some quarantine confessions in there. And today, uh, we will be joined by Scott Huffman, Democratic candidate looking to flip the House seat in North Carolina's 13th district against incumbent Republican Ted Budd. Um, uh, other things happening this week, Wednesday, I'll be joined by Dana Goldberg and Natasha Bertrand. And Thursday, you will hear my interview with number one Russian spy hunter, Peter Strzok. Episode two of our MSW Book Club six-part series on Mary Trump's book dropped this week, uh, or will drop this week. The first episode is out now with myself and Dana Goldberg, and that is for premium subscribers. You can become one for as little as three bucks a month, and you also get all these episodes ad-free and early, among tons of other benefits. So check it out at dailybeanspod.com. We do have a lot of news to get to, as you can imagine. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, lead story today, and I, my head is still spinning from this. I know <laughs> I know. every day there's something head spinning. Um, Donald Trump did another unthinkable thing in an unprecedented public attack by a sitting president on U.S. military leadership. Trump accused the top brass of seeking to start wars to boost the profits of defense contractors. He said, quote, I'm not saying the military is in love with me. I'm saying the soldiers are. The top people in the Pentagon probably aren't because they want to do nothing but fight wars so that all of those wonderful companies that make bombs and make planes and make everything else stay happy. Now, beyond accusing our generals and admirals top brass of war profiteering, what strikes me about this is he is seemingly trying to drive a wedge between the rank and file service members and military leadership at the Pentagon. And I, I don't even know where to begin with this. He is literally trying, He, you know, he, he said, the, the military might not love me, but the soldiers do. They, the military is, might not be in love with me, but the soldiers are. He's trying to destroy the chain of command. He's trying to cause infighting within our military by degrading the leadership and trying to get the rank and file to side with him over the brass at the Pentagon. Driving a wedge into the chain of command. If you're a veteran or if you're in the military, you understand how absolutely destructive this is to our armed forces and our national security. I know, tell you, who loves this? Putin loves this. And I have to say, uh, no way this wasn't his idea. Cause discord and infighting within the United States military by trying to drive a wedge between Pentagon leadership and the rank-and-file frontline active-duty service members? There with me. It's, I just I don't even know what to say. Um, I will have more on this story as it develops. It's still pretty new. You know, this just, re, re, you know, happened an hour ago or so. But I can't stress how big a deal this is. And of course, it's on the heels of disparaging our troops. This is a clear attempt to try to bring the boots on the ground into his tent by making making a false enemy out of Pentagon leadership. I love you. You love me. It's them. They're the bad guys. They want to send you to war to make money. Not me. I'm your friend. I never said those bad things. <laughs> Just blows my mind. Uh, in other news, 
On September 6th, the piece was updated in the New York Times by Eric Lipton. And this is a piece, big piece, great piece. It outlines Trump's litigiousness. And it is truly dizzying. Quote, long before he moved into the White House, Donald J. Trump had cemented his reputation as a lover of lawsuits, turning to federal and state courts for battles big and small. Mr. Trump once even boasted, I like beating my enemies to the ground. Hmm. Since becoming a public official, he has remained litigious, according to the Times, but he now has found a variety of new ways to fund his legal fights. Free, yay, free, free lawsuits. This is for money donated to his campaign committees. He and his political allies have spent nearly $60 million of donor money on legal and compliance bills since 2015, far more than any other president in history. Mr. Trump has been particularly aggressive since he was elected um, in using the legal system to try to silence or challenge his critics. This is a tactic he frequently turned to during his decades as a real estate executive. But Trump has used campaign funds or the assistance of, his, of the Justice Department to target other former aides who have been critical of him, including Jessica Denson, Sam Nunberg, a former political advisor to Mr. Trump, Omarosa Manigault Newman, former White House aide, and Cliff Sims, another former White House aide. Michael Cohen trying to get him put back into prison because he wanted to write a book. One of Trump's lawyers in all this is Lawrence Ronson. Mr. Ronson's firm, which happens uh, to work out of 40 Wall Street, which is an office building the Trump family owns, has handled several of these cases for the Trump campaign and has been paid $1.46 million in campaign funds. Then there's the protesters like Efren um, Galicia. Uh, was a protester who held a in front of uh, Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue. He had a sign that said, Trump, make America racist again. So he sued him. Other lawsuits have been filed by demonstrators um, who claim they were beaten or pushed at Trump campaign rallies. Mr. Trump was represented in these cases by Jones Day, a prominent law firm that has received nearly $17 million in payments since Trump's nomination in 2016 from the Trump campaign. The Republican National Committee has also contributed to that, and the joint fundraising committees Mr. Trump helps run. Then there's the fake news lawsuits. These suits challenge certain opinion articles, or in one case, a television advertisement um, that feature Mr. Trump. Uh, and they do this in litigation that First Amendment lawyers say is very unlikely to be successful, by the way, but which has brought Mr. Trump continued attention in his efforts to paint the news media as inaccurate. So he's basically taking donor money, spending it on these frivolous lawsuits that he can never win to draw attention to himself and make it seem more like the news is fake. He sued The Washington Post, The New York Times, CNN, and even a very tiny NBC affiliate in Wisconsin. Then, of course, there's the Mueller investigation and other investigations. A long list of payments have been made to lawyers who represented aides to Mr. Trump who were called to testify during the investigation by special counsel Mueller. Uh, into Russian interference in the 2016 elections, as well as the investigations last year by Congress, um, the ones particularly to freeze uh, military aid to Ukraine. Campaign funds were also used to help pay the legal team that defended Trump during impeachment proceedings. Legal fees associated with other investigations or lawsuits that targeted members of Mr. Trump's staff or family were also covered, including those for Kushner and Don Jr., and then there's the lawsuits against vote by mail in states including Nevada, California, and Pennsylvania. Among the law firms working on these include a recently created group called Elections LLC, which corporate records show was set up by Stefan Passantino, a former White House ethics lawyer for Mr. Trump. <laughs> Elections LLC has been paid $430,000 in campaign funds. While a second firm that Mr. Passantino works at, named Michael Best, has been paid $231,495 by the RNC. Hmm. And he was the ethics advisor. And finally, we can't forget all the free legal assistance Trump has gotten from our Justice Department. The, the Attorney General, the, the top cop of the people. Anyway, this is a fascinating piece. I recommend you check it out. Eric Lipton, New York Times. Next up from the Washington Post, as a new wave of unrest breaks out, some pundits have cracked open their handbooks and recited the trusty old trope, violence simply must help the law and order candidate. It can't be any other way, because the handbook says so. Violence must beget backlash, a craving for the candidate vowing strength, right? That's why the law and order shit worked for Nixon. But what if a public backlash is brewing against what President Trump is doing? 
What if many voters see Trump's exploitation of the situation as part of the problem and they're recoiling from it? If so, this could challenge the conventional pundit playbook and prompt a revisiting of how cycles of racial nationalism and attempts to at reconciliation play out in politics. I think this is very, very fascinating because new polling suggests this very possibility. A CNN poll finds that 58 percent of Americans say Trump's response to the protest has been more harmful, while only 33 percent say it's been more helpful. In that context, the fact that a solid majority sees Trump as making the problem worse is striking, and a new ABC Ipsos poll underscores the point with some surprising findings. 55 percent of Americans say what Trump has said about protests makes it worse, while 42 percent say that it has had little effect or has made things better. Only 13 percent said it's made things better. 55 percent say Joe Biden would do a better job keeping the country safe versus 42 percent who would say the same thing about Trump. 59 percent say Biden would do a better job at handling the protests. 39 say Trump would. 64 percent say Biden would do more to unite Americans versus 33 for Trump. And 59 percent say Biden would do a better job reducing violence in the country versus 39 for Trump. And according to the Post, all of this suggests large numbers of voters may be linking uniting the country on the one hand with keeping the country safe, reducing violence and handling protests well on the other hand. Meanwhile, those large numbers may be drawing a link between further dividing the country on one hand and handling protests badly, making things worse and making us less safe on the other. Also from the Post, U.S. Postal Service uh, police officers barred a Florida congresswoman, Debbie Washerman Schultz, from scheduled tours at two mailing processing complexes. And this was on Friday. Uh, They blocked entry to the facilities and threatened to escort her from the property if she refused to leave. Uh, Washerman Schultz arrived at the Royal Palm Processing and Distribution Center uh, for a 4 a.m. tour to find the parking lot entry roped off with caution tape and U.S. Police Inspection, or excuse me, U.S. Postal Inspection Service cruisers blocking the gate. That's the post office police. Local Postal Service officials informed her and her union leaders, waiting to accompany her into the building, that national USPS leadership has directed them to bar the group from entering the building. National Postal Service leadership. Hmm. At 6.30, two and a half hours later, Wasserman Schultz was denied entry at the Miami Processing and Distribution Center 10 miles away by local Postal Service officials. uh, and, and, And there were two armed Postal Inspection Service officers in the front of the turnstiles in the lobby. Armed armed post office cops nothing to see here next up we've been talking about russia's intent to sow confusion about the vote by mail process and today from raw story no journalist has done a better job of fact checking donald trump during his presidency than daniel dale but now the cnn reporter formerly of the toronto star has done an invaluable service by outlining the nine conspiracy theories the president continues peddling. As Dale suggests, Trump has been a conspiracy theorist for years, but never before has he pushed so many at one time. Two of them align completely with disinformation campaigns coming out of Moscow. We've talked about this on the show already. For example, we learned that the Russian government began promoting the lies about mail-in ballots as early as March, as we reported a couple days ago. That timing raises the question of whether the conspiracy theory originated at the Kremlin or in the White House. Which came first? Hmm. Similarly, we know that the Department of Homeland Security hid a report about how Moscow was promoting the idea that Biden is mentally unfit. That's a Russian talking point. U.S. intelligence agencies told us they also briefed the president on it. Their excuse for not sharing that information about, you know, Department of Homeland Security report, Moscow saying Biden was unfit, was that they said the report was poorly written and thinly sourced. But according to the document, it was... It was uh, incredibly solid, high confidence. Once again, if this disinformation campaign began in September 2019, the attacks on Biden's mental health seem to have started in Moscow and migrated to the Trump campaign. And this is all reminiscent of the coordinated attack on Hillary Clinton's physical and mental health in 2016. What we now know is that conservative author Jerome Corsi, author, <laughs> if you want to call him that, was in contact with Julian Assange, on the release, hacked, the release of the hacked emails by WikiLeaks, he communicated with Roger Stone, who then coordinated with the Trump campaign. Correction, Ross Story, coordinated with Trump. Anyone with two eyes and half a brain can see the writing on the wall. The pattern is obvious. I think the interesting 
um, thing is that this is coming off the flurry of secret phone calls we now know Trump had with Putin from March through May. Like a dozen calls or something. This is coordinated. Next up, President Donald Trump used a Labor Day press conference to continue to push back on allegations that he disparaged members of the military and to attack his Democratic opponents over the timing of a potential coronavirus vaccine. Speaking from the North Portico of the White House, and by the way, if you're campaigning from the White House, that's a violation of the Hatch Act, Trump echoed many of the same themes he raised on the campaign trail. He repeatedly criticized Democrat Joe Biden, uh, and he defended his record on the economy and COVID-19 pandemic. Trump at one point demanded Democrats immediately apologize for the reckless anti-vaccine rhetoric. What? The argument follows remarks by Biden's running mate, Senator Kamala Harris, when she said she would not trust an announcement from Trump about a vaccine without a credible source corroborating his statements. That's dangerous rhetoric, asking for credible sources. Harris said, quote, I will say that I would not trust Donald Trump, and it would have to be a credible source of information that talks about the efficacy and the reliability of whatever he's talking about. I will not take his word for it. I wouldn't either. He's skipping phase three trials. It's, it's ridiculous. And the interesting part is, is that the Trump supporters and conspiracy theorists would be like, I wouldn't take a vaccine from the government. But watch, they'll take this one. And the back and forth over the vaccine underscored the huge impact it could have on the November election. Trump acknowledges he wants a vaccine quickly, and he has said his motivation is not political, but continues to suggest one could be ready by October. And in fact, today he said, by a special date, you know the one I'm talking about. But two-thirds of voters, 67%, say they won't try to get a coronavirus vaccine as soon as it becomes available. And one in four say they don't want to ever get it. <laughs> Finally, and this is my favorite news of the day. The original cast of The Princess Bride is gathering for a reunion reading of the script as a fundraiser for Wisconsin Democrats. Now, Texas Senator Ted Cruz has made no secret of his love of the movie The Princess Bride. I, I could read this here. The 1987 cult classic starring Robin Wright. You know what it is. But he's now making it clear he's no fan of the plan by cast members to stump for Democrats in Wisconsin next week. Boo-hoo. On Twitter over the weekend, Ted Cruz expressed his sadness. For every Princess Bride fan who wants to see that perfect movie preserved from Hollywood politics... <laughs> According to the web post by Hollywood, Hollywood politics, the guy who supports Donald fucking Trump. Right. But according to a web post by the Democratic Party of Wisconsin, several cast members, including Wright, Carrie Elwes, Mandy Patinkin, Billy Crystal and others will all reunite for a live stream script reading. And, and I think Rob Reiner will be there too, Carl, the director's kid. And they'll all be there for a reading and a question and answer session moderated by actor Patton Oswalt. Ah, this is like my dream come true. This is a donation based event. And it's a fundraiser for the Democratic Party of Wisconsin. The party is hoping to help Democratic nominee Joe Biden win the critical swing state, which President Trump took in a surprise victory in 2016. Surprise. <laughs> okay. Uh, he's particularly fond of the Princess Bride uh, and once uh, drew criticism from Patinkin. Ted Cruz did. Um, drew criticism from Mandy Patinkin. That's Inigo Montoya. After publicly quoting Patinkin's character in the film. Uh, and in 2015, while Cruz was running for the Republican presidential nomination, Patinkin told the New York Times, this man is not putting forth ideas that are at the heart of what the movie is all about. I would love for Senator Cruz and everyone creating fear mongering and hatred to consider creating hope, optimism and love. That's from Inigo Montoya. In an email to the newspaper, Cruz's then campaign spokeswoman said, having some fun with a cult classic like The Princess Bride should be something we can all get behind, politics aside. It's the exact opposite of what Ted Cruz tweeted today. It's Hollywood politics. I'm super excited about this. And to participate for a minimum $1 donation, but we can give more, head to W-I-S-D-E-M-S, WISDEMS, like as in Wisconsin Dems, WISDEMS.org slash Princess Bride. You can RSVP there. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. And we'll be right back with our Flip It Blue segment with Scott Huffman. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. 
everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by Magic Spoon. This is my favorite thing in the world right now since I was a kid. My favorite food was always cereal. I remember sitting in front of the TV watching Saturday morning cartoons, eating probably a whole box of cereal, and then drinking the milk afterwards. But as an adult, I've had to give up cereal because of all the sugar and carbs. That's why I'm excited about Magic Spoon. It's a cereal that's so tasty you will not believe it's not only made without all the sugar, it's actually good for you. It's, it's, as, here, let me quote Forbes magazine. They say, with cereal that tastes this good and offers so much nutritional value, as opposed to, well, none, Magic Spoon may be the future of breakfast. And I agree. Magic Spoon cereals have, amazingly, zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in every serving. It is keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, high-protein, and GMO-free. And the best part is it's delicious. It's unbelievable. They have four amazing flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. It's uh, too good to be true, but it's actually real. I have been eating it for a while. My favorite flavor right now is cocoa. It is chocolatey and delicious. And I have it as a snack or a sweet treat. You can eat it dry. It's just, it's guilt-free. I love it. So go to magicspoon.com slash dailybeans to grab a variety pack and try it today. Be sure to use our promo code DAILYBEANS at checkout for free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it is backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash dailybeans and use the code DAILYBEANS for free shipping. And we thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time to flip it blue. Today, I am joined by Democratic candidate for U.S. Congress in North Carolina's 13th District. Please welcome lifelong North Carolinian, Navy veteran, and small business owner, Scott Huffman. Scott, thanks for speaking with us today. Yeah, thanks so much. I'm really excited to talk to you. We have a lot in common. Shipmate, I am former Navy. I am a small business owner, so I understand the challenges that we face uh, in this country right now. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit um, about your opponent. You're running against Ted Budd, Republican uh, incumbent. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. And he is not a small business owner. He's a, a millionaire, right? Yep. Yep. He's a, uh, yeah, I don't understand how somebody with a net worth of millions, such as my opponent, understands uh, the net worth of uh, folks who live, uh, who get paycheck to paycheck. I, I just don't understand how he can uh, connect and relate to folks like us. Yeah, it seems so out of touch, you know, when they, when they vote to give uh, working class people a couple hundred, three hundred dollars, you know, uh, for unemployment and expect that or the twelve hundred dollar stimulus check and expect that to last us for 10 weeks, you know, when we can't even and now there's no moratorium on evictions. And and I don't think that I don't think he really understands what um, the average family is going through. Well, and I and and you're right on point because, you know, while he was voting no on the COVID relief packages like the Heroes Act, uh, the Family Relief Act, you know, he was busy shopping for an airplane uh, to fly from D.C. to his family's uh, private uh, uh, airstrip on his family's farm. And I just don't see how, you know, I guess he wants to fly above all the dead bodies from COVID-19. Mm, my, that's... Um quite a quite a visual and i know that you guys um in north carolina there had some issues uh, didn't we with covid particularly wasn't the republican national convention supposed to be there yeah it was supposed to be held in charlotte and then uh, everybody got in a tizzy because the governor of north carolina wanted them to uh practice social distancing wear a mask and then of course you know uh, a twitter storm uh, followed suit uh, from uh a Trump and uh, the governor held his grounds and then, you know, Trump decided to pull it out on his own and try to take it to Florida. And then, of course, Florida is a hot mess and uh, they couldn't hold it down there. And uh, so, you know, they had some some stuff held in Charlotte for a short period, like a, you know, gavel in, gavel out type thing. And uh, they did their business. And then, of course, we had to witness uh, uh, the fear show. Uh, for four days uh, uh, while Trump and everybody else talked about this dystopian uh, a view of America and preach fear, fear, fear. And um, it, it was quite it was quite a spectacle to watch. And what 
probably upset me the most was the circus show on the uh, White House lawns. Uh, uh, that that really just uh, that just really bothered me big time. And I'm sure I wasn't the only American upset by this uh, by this uh, uh, show of this uh, Carnival Barker or a reality uh, fake TV star. <laughs> but uh, you know, one thing he's definitely a five time draft dodger. That is, yeah, Cadet Bone Spurs. And I'll tell you, as a veteran, I was really upset uh, at the uh, misuse of, of federal property. The White House is our house. And and I feel like, um, you know, the Republican Party, especially opponents like yours, it just don't seem to grasp the total lack of ethics that, that that's coming out of the White House or, or, or even the Republicans in Congress and especially in the House. And, you know, as, I think as a small business owner and as a former, former you know, as a Navy veteran, a former uh, shipmate, my shipmate, we understand ethics and, and follow rules. And, and it just doesn't seem to be happening. Oh, I agree. A hundred percent. I mean, who would ever thought that this, this, this Trump would go in and he claimed that he was wanting to drain the swamp. And what he did was before he got in there, he threw out all the ethics uh, rules. He uh, chose to act like a di dictator. Uh, he uh, threw away uh, a pandemic notebook. You know, when we were in the Navy, you know, you probably remember this. When we went into a new commander division, our our chief petty officer or our uh, uh a division officer would have us go through the standard operating procedure book, SOP. And, uh, you know, we, we, that was, that was required. Well, he threw that out when he walked in and, he, and, you know, just like everything else he's been winging all his life, he's, he's winging, uh, what he's doing in, um, uh, the white house and as a president of our country. And he, he has a personality that is easily bruised. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he acts as a bully and I find it interesting that, um, my Republican opponent is afraid uh, to say something uh, to the outlandish stuff that he's done. Most recently, uh, you know, uh, calling uh, our lost brother and sisters in war uh, losers and suckers. And I have yet to hear anything um, from uh, my opponent, Ted Budd, come out and forcefully condemn this kind of language. Now, I've come out and forcefully condemned this kind of language. I've even called my opponent a coward for not saying anything because he's obviously afraid of Trump and a mean tweet. So, uh, uh, so it's really sad where we are. Um, uh, you know, I hope, I hope that, you know, if I win this seat, I become that public servant we desperately need representing us in Washington, DC, because I understand that, that commitment of service from my time in the military. You know, I'm very thankful for that. I, I, I grew up in a single, uh, my mom was a single mother raising three kids. And after high school, I chose to serve my country. And I got to see a million places and a million faces. And uh, you you probably understand the benefit of service to country and the, the military structure and the discipline you learn and those leadership skills. And so you want to turn those around and apply those to Washington, D.C. I, I th we've never even had a veteran serve in this seat since it was created in the 2000 census. So I, I think it's important that we bring that perspective uh, to Washington service to country, uh, not party over country. And then, of course, we focus on what's happening in our district. I've talked to so many folks that are worried about get, being evicted. I've talked to um, uh, people who are suffering through COVID-19. People have lost family members. Uh, I can't even go hug my 83-year-old mother because Trump and Ted Budd refused to adopt a national strategy plan to defeat this pandemic. You know, in just April, uh, Ted Budd was saying, we should go back to school. Well, you know, over my dead body, I have three children and uh, uh, we're not going to send them back to school until there are proper protocols in place. We have, uh, I mean, listen, we've done nothing. So we still need a national plan. We still need to uh, attack this like an invading, uh, an invading force. And uh, uh, dispel this attack on us. I mean, my God, we've already lost 180,000 plus Americans because this president and my opponent failed to do nothing to show the leadership that we need. I mean, thank God for our governors who have uh, 
those who have uh, opposed this open movement, my rights are being violated, my freedoms are being infringed upon. I think that's the most selfish statements I've ever heard from people who don't understand how serious this pandemic really is. Yeah, and now IHME is out with a new model showing 211,000 deaths by the end of this month and 400,000 plus by uh, the end of the year. And and we can't afford this for another minute, let alone another 50-something days. But uh, I, I really want to focus on uh, how, you know, you understand the importance of, of family and, and you know, Treating your constituents like family is is so important. But I, I'm really interested, and this story touched my heart. Can you tell me what made you decide to run for office? <laughs> well, it's a combination of things. But um, my daughter, she was 10 years old, and she was turning 11 that December. And she had learned about uh, – she had woke up that morning and learned that Trump had won the election. And the first things out of her mouth was, well, what about my – friends in school. What about the girls? What, you know, she had uh, friends of different ethnicities, different religious beliefs. Uh, and it made me proud that my daughter recognized that at that age. You know, I believe our children are just like canaries in a coal mine. And, and you, we've got to listen to them. I can only imagine what a child feels like this day with this type of environment going on. And, and honestly, everything that uh, the Hillary Clinton said that we would deal with, you know, it all has come true. Uh, I, am very upset that a v- fellow veteran reality winner came out and, uh, you know, she decided to le- you know, sh- share this information that the Russians had actually hacked some voting systems and where is she, she's sitting in prison right now. Uh, uh she's being silenced because of what she's done and she's a political pr- a prisoner. So I just really feel like my daughter's inspired me just like my mother has inspired me uh, as a single mother. You know, every Father's Day comes around, I celebrate my mother. So I, I, I didn't think I would be running for office that day. It wasn't in my bucket list of things to do. But I started an activist group, Indivisible uh, Charlotte, and we started uh, rallying and trying to hold, our, hold meetings with our members of Congress. Uh, and they all shut their doors on us. Senator Tillis did. Uh, uh, Richard Hudson did. Uh, uh, Ted Budd did. They refused to have town halls. And what they ended up doing was holding these teletown halls where they get to choose the questions and you never see who's answering. So that's such a disconnect. And it's such a time-honored tradition for our leaders to come back during recess and hold public town halls so they can hear what's going on in their communities, so they can have that connection. And they've re- they've slammed their doors in, in our faces. And basically, Republicans, I believe, have thought this and, and their actions speak louder than words, that they are targeting the rule of law because it's their rule they want law. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And uh, it's it's just it's dangerous, too. It's dangerous for the lives of North Carolinians. And um, I have I have a, just a couple minutes left here. I'm I'm interested in some of your platform issues. I know that you're for the legalization of marijuana, marijuana and medical use. I know that you're really about ending Citizens United, which I think is so important because we can't even begin to have these debates freely right. and openly unless we get this 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 corporate money out of politics. And then, of course, health care and prescription drug costs. And we know that right now the Republican Party, including your opponent, is fighting tooth and nail to get a, the Affordable Care Act totally dismantled and stripping pre, the you know protections against pre-existing conditions. So if you could talk just... Just for a minute or so about some of your your the issues that mean the most to you and that you really want to, you know, hit the ground running with when you, you know, when you win this seat. Well, uh, thank you for the uh, thank you for the prediction there. I, I feel pretty confident that, you know, uh, our message is getting out there to folks in the district that I want to fight for uh, health care and fight for those uh, issues that we're all facing. Primarily, you know, I want to decouple, like, let's talk about healthcare. The the most important thing I feel like, uh, you know, we still have millions of people unemployed and millions of people without insurance as a result of this pandemic due to no fault of their own. So what I would like to see happen is that we decouple coverage from employers 
in your jobs and let the coverage follow the person without the job tied to them. And then, of course, you know, I want to focus on the drug prices. My, my, my opponent, Ted Budd, said that he was fighting hard to lower the prescription drug costs. And when the bill came forth, he voted no. And, you know, and then, you know, he he said that he was the proudest day of his life was when he voted to uh, take away the Affordable Care Act. And he cast that vote within the first 100 days of being in office during his first term. So that, to me, is the most important thing uh, to deal with. But then, you know, let's talk about what's happening in our communities and in our nation. You know, we've got to talk about the fact that we actually have two justice systems. One for uh, one for an elite class of Americas, and I like to describe this as a, a two Amer- We live in two Americas: the extreme rich and everybody else like us. So, with that said, you know if you're up there in that top echelon, you get a different preferred treatment. But if you're an African American and you get caught with a bag of weed, well, you're going to serve more time than the guy who could afford a lawyer. Then, then, then Mike Flynn, who committed probably treason. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, my goodness, you know, and and of course, you know, look what look at look what Trump has done to the office of our presidency. You know, he has co-opted the pardons, the executive orders there. Everything he does is so meaningless. But let's not forget, he has that personality that can be easily bruised and be taunted by a tweet. And so he's 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 just constantly sitting on his golden toilet tweeting all the time. But, you know, the other thing we got to do is actually look at our police system. You know, we've got to fix that. And in, and my opponent has been screaming law and order and law and order. And then one of the things that I thought was surprising as heck, he voted no against the HEROES Act. Well, the HEROES Act actually had funding for our police departments so they could be better funded. I mean, Cops deserve a raise. Honestly, it's a difficult job. And, and so do our teachers and other public servants. But we've got to bring in the whole idea of accountability like we did when we served as Navy uh, sailors on our ships. You remember that. I remember that. And we remember that if you didn't do things right, then, you know, you got called to the mat. And you had to go through retraining and you had to make sure you did the job right. And, and you know, and, and because other shipmates were counting on you to do your job right, especially while you were at sea or while you were in a a general quarters, you were expected to do your job. So our police department needs other resources to help them. They don't need to continue to receive military weapon because we have such a surplus of it and our tax dollars are going to that like crazy. We, We need to make sure they have training. In the state of North Carolina, it takes longer to get a cosmetology uh, cosmetology degree uh, uh, than it does to become a police officer, have a gun and a badge. So we want to make sure our police officers have more training. You know, when we went to boot camp, I went to Orlando, Florida. You probably went to Great Lakes. Uh, I, 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 you know, we had 13 weeks of boot camp. Well, after that, then we had an A school. Uh, then, you know, some of us had a B or C school to continue improving and making, our, you know, for our rating assignment. So I believe we need to do the same thing for our police officers. As soon as they come out, they go into uh, a training process in the field with another officer to make sure they are taught and that they, what they learned in training is there. But we got to make sure these police officers are, are armed with people in mental health services and domestic abuse services and uh, drug addiction services. And this is the other thing I want to say, and this will, I'll probably finish up with this. We have got to stop criminalizing addiction. One of the things that I feel like this constant thing of three strikes you're out and this issue with addiction is that addiction actually has a mental component, a mental, uh, a mental health issue component tied to it. And right now, it's basically, you know, it's a pipe, you know, drug addiction is basically a pipeline to for-profit prison systems. So we've got to we've got to stop putting mental health and drug 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 addiction issues in our criminal system. We've got to get them out of that. And I believe as a community, as as a nation, that we've got to help our neighbors. Uh, I, I believe in, you know, when when someone's down and out, you put your hand down and help them up. Well, the other side, my opponent believes they got to kick you to get up which is totally the wrong way to do that. So people with drug addiction issues, if they fall off the wagon, we got to be there to pick them up. 
And if they fall off the wagon again and again and again and again, we're there to help them get up. Eventually, we'll help that person. And if not, you know, we continue to help them. We cannot turn our backs on this people. And that's what's really happening in our nation. We're turning our backs on our fellow Americans. And I never, ever thought that I would see a North Carolina congressman never speak up to the issues and the, uh, uh, the Russian bounties and the possible infiltration of our presidency by Putin. You know, when I was in the Navy during Ronald Reagan, I never, I may have not always agreed with his policies and some of the things I did, but at least he had the cojones to stand up to Russia. Yeah, agreed. And uh, I know Biden was just saying today and uh, that, you know, we need to, you know, send, send some of this money that we're militarizing police with into rehabilitation programs because that's what we should be doing. We should be helping. How can I help? Not what do you want from me? And I think that that's um, the difference that we're facing. And I think that's the difference we're facing between your candidacy and Ted Budd as well. Can you tell all of our listeners where they can find information about your campaign and where they can contribute? Awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, they can go simply to my website, scotthuffman.com. And that's S-C-O-T-T-H-U-F-F. M-A-N.com. And right on my website is a way to donate. You can also follow me on social media uh, through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, even TikTok. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, one of the things I, I want people to understand about their donations uh, for my campaign, I've made a pledge to end Citizens United. I've made a pledge not to accent, accept corporate PAC money that we don't know who the people are and where it comes from. And I'll point this out in the less than the four years that uh, Ted Budd has been um, in office, he already has $4.5 million in, in money. And, and if you go down and break it down, it's corporate PACs here, club for growth here. Uh, he only, he even set up his own private group called the Bud group. So he could funnel money in through that. So, Ending Citizens United will cut off this avenue to dark money because I truly believe that you shouldn't be running. You know, I'm running not to be that po political uh, a politician that people end up disliking that stay in there forever and ever. I'm running to be that public servant we desperately need. And so I thank you for the opportunity to be on your podcast. I thank you for the opportunity to reach more folks and tell them about my grassroots working class campaign because not only will I be fighting for people in our district, but I'll fight for everybody who's an American because that's why we serve. Uh, I don't pick, I don't pick sides. I don't, I don't carry about your ideology. If I'm elected to serve you, I will serve you and you'll always be able to call and reach out to my administration through uh, my congressional office. Everybody, North Carolina's 13th district democratic candidate. Thank you so much. Navy veteran, small business owner, Scott Huffman. Thanks for talking to me today. No problem. Go Navy. <laughs> Go Navy. All right, everybody. We'll be back with activist, author, and award-winning independent American political writer and commentator, Alex Mohajer. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. I want to thank you and our newest sponsor, Care Of, for supporting the podcast. The vitamin aisle can be confusing. There's millions of things to choose from, and it's hard to know what you need or where to start. But never fear. The answer is Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best today and supports you long term. Care Of's new line, the Skin and Hair Collection, helps you work on your beauty goals from all angles with a combination of targeted ingredients for healthy hair, skin, and nails. All of Care Of's products are formulated with good-for-you clean ingredients that are backed by science. Care Of's yummy protein powders are made with the wholesome ingredients you can recognize like organic cocoa and pink Himalayan sea salt. Just take Care Of's fun and easy five-minute online quiz. It asks you questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health concerns, and it helps address specific wellness goals. Answer easy questions like, how much sleep do you get? How often do you work out? Do you follow any special diets? Are you concerned about your hair, skin, and nails? And questions like that. Super easy stuff. Then your recommendations come in a daily, individually wrapped packet that are perfect for getting back into the routine. And let me tell you, these little packets are cute and convenient. 
and they're compostable. Follow Care-of's expert recommendations or adjust your pack anytime. What you receive is totally up to you. I wanted to focus on having more energy, and the vitamins recommended to me are tailored to my needs. And Care-of is super transparent about each research um, thing and the sourcing behind every total transparency. Um, all of their products have extensive information available on their website and the fun, informative content on their social pages. I love Care-of. You guys, you should check it out for 50% off your first care of order. 50% off your first care of order. That's huge. Go to takecareof.com slash dailybeans5050 and enter promo code dailybeans50. That's 50% off at takecareof.com slash dailybeans50 and enter promo code dailybeans50. You'll be glad you did. All right, everybody, welcome back. Today, for the interview, I am joined by activist and political commentator to discuss the National Vote at Home Initiative. It's his first time on the show. Please welcome him, Alex Mohajer. Alex, thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I am really excited to talk to you, too. I know that you're doing a lot of work um, for Biden and Kamala, and I know that you're really, really trying to push um, voters' rights and access to voting. And I wanted you to come on and tell us a little bit about your National Vote at Home initiative. Can you do that for us? Yes, the National Vote at Home initiative. It's a multimedia get out the vote project by the Stonewall Democratic Club, which is based out of Los Angeles, but we're starting to build this like national coalition of LGBTQ progressive um, advocacy groups. And we were sitting here in LA thinking, where are we useful and how can we try and affect the outcome of this election? And, you know, the global pandemic hit and the Trump administration got hard at work right away, starting to try to cast doubt over vote by mail systems. And of course, we know that vote by mail fraud is not a thing. The studies have been done on this. And um, we thought, you know what, we are going to start targeting 16 key battleground states and states with potential Senate pickups for Democrats with the information that they need to vote by mail. So we reached out to a roster of about 16 people, really talented folks. We've got Deborah Messing, uh, Piper Parabo, uh, Nina West from RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, the original Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, <laughs> to do videos for us. And we're targeting those states with their deadlines and step-by-step -step information on how to vote by mail ahead of the November election. Yeah, I think it's very important that we remember that one of the number one things that the, that the Republicans uh, and the Russians, by that matter, are going to try to do is to convince us that voting is hard, right? Like, it's just not worth your time. It's just such a pain in the butt. Don't even worry about it. Just stay at home. And I'm so glad that you're doing this work because, you know, we've learned over the last seven or eight days that this is, a, a, you know, the U.S. intelligence agencies have briefed this administration and Congress that this is one of the things that Russia is trying to do. Uh, it's a Russian talking point that that vote by mail is not secure. And we have to you know, combat that every possible way we can. Because, I mean, if you think about it logically, Russia hates it because you can't mm -hmm. hack pa paper trail mail-in voting. Sure can't. So... I think it's so important that you're doing this work. So tell, tell us how this works. So basically each state has, so people, what people don't understand is that every single state already has absentee ballot procedures. Every single state, some are more prohibitive than others. And we are, we are targeting Texas as one of our states, which has very restrictive vote by mail uh, rules. But most states um, have fairly simple procedures. They differ state from state. So we just gathered the data. We gathered the protocols. We've looked up the websites that you need to go to, and we're putting out the information. My uh, co-producer on this, his name is Jonathan Welch, and he and I really wanted to make sure people understood that you can do this online in the majority of states and that you can get your ballot early. And because of the slowdowns in postal service, you know, we're encouraging everyone to do this today. Visit stonewall.vote today and look up your state. And if your state's not on our list, Iwillvote.com. Register to vote if you're not registered because you have to be registered to, to receive an absentee ballot. And then sign up to get your absentee ballot. Do it today. And because of those slowdowns in the Postal Service, we are recommending that people should submit their ballots by October 20th, regardless of what 
the deadline is in your state. October 20th is election day. And if you can't get it in the mail by October 20th, most of these states allow people to take their ballot right to your local county clerk's office or voting location in your county and drop it off. And when you do it early, you can avoid the lines, you can avoid the wait, no crowds, and you can maintain safe and social distancing amidst a global pandemic. Yeah, we are well over... Uh, well over six million cases in this country. It's mm-hmm. exploding all over college campuses, and I know that, I know that the college uh, contingent really wants to get out and 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 vote. And so, I I'm so thankful that that you're on this because it you know I my understanding is is that uh, yeah, people are just people are concerned about mm-hmm. delays and. Uh, and you're right. The earlier, I think, the earlier we get on this, the the better. And so, I I would like for you to repeat that that website and and tell everyone where they can follow you as well, because I know that you have been tweeting out quite a bit of information about this project. Yeah, sure. And look, I just want to say, have a plan A and a plan B. If your plan A is to vote by mail, visit us stonewall.vote and look up your state on our website. We've got videos and inform- all the information you need for voting by mail in your state. And if you can't vote by mail or you're not going to make it on time to vote by mail by October 20th to submit your actual ballot, signed, closed, and sealed, and in the mailbox by October 20th, have a plan B, which is vote early or take that ballot off to your uh, local location, drop it off. Um, and you can find us on Twitter at Stonewall Dems. You can find me on Twitter at Alex Mohajer, and we will be doing a daily video release through September 16th, targeting states from, but we're doing California. We've got Spanish language versions where we're dubbing over people like Piper Parabo, who is such a such a uh, team sport, and Deborah messing with Spanish language dubs so that people who speak Spanish can have access to this information as well. Uh, That's so great. Um, And also, you know, it's so important, too, that you bring up the fact that every state has their own rules, and it's important that you look those up and have a plan B. I know you and I were talking earlier about Kentucky, for example. Um, Mm -hmm. It's now easier to vote there than it has been in the history of that state, thanks to their Democratic governor. Mm-hmm. Uh, that y'all elected in 20, you know, in 2018. So thank you. Come for on, that. blue wave. <laughs> but um, I think it's I think it's so important to know, f- you know, for example, uh, the the vote by mail vote at home initiative there. And then, of course, they're starting early voting um, every Saturday for a few four I think, four hours leading up to the election, the four weeks leading up to the election. There's all sorts of ways to do this. And, and don't be daunted by the onslaught of messaging that I will mm. say, I think, you I, you know, do you agree with me? It's going to pick up. It's going to get, we're going to get oh, more yeah. of this from, from the right, from the, from the, from the, I almost yep. said the Russians, the Republicans, same thing. Well, tomato, tomato and buckle up because it's going to be a bumpy ride over the next 56 days now. Um, and, and look, this the 2016 election was lost in three states by a total of 77,000 votes. I, we lost, we won the popular vote and lost by 77,000 electoral college votes in three states. Now that comes down to one or two votes per precinct. Everyone's been making this point. So if one or two more people can get helped turned out to vote by through this project in precincts like Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, or if we can get rid of Mitch McConnell in Kentucky and actually have the people represented in our uh, in our Congress, then help us do it. Turn out one or two people and you can do it safely and easily. And the Republicans and the Russians are petrified by this because they know that they can't hack your paper ballots and they can't hack the numbers and they can't try to uh, cast doubt over the numbers through this through this means. Mm-hmm. They can try and Trump will try, but buckle up and uh, get ready and turn down that messaging, you know, refuse that messaging when you hear it um, because voting by mail is safe. It's easy. It's legal. And uh, it's efficient and we can all do it. Yeah. And definitely check your registration because they can purge voter rolls and they have been. And they do. And they do. Uh, So make sure that you check your uh, registration. I do it daily. (laughs) Make sure your your current address is updated so that when you get that mail ballot, it's to your proper address. Yeah. And anyone who tells you that your vote doesn't matter, you know, I take your point about uh, it's important that we remember that it was one or two votes per precinct in three states Mm. that got Trump Mm. elected. And so we really every vote does matter. Anyone who tells you otherwise is just trying to suppress the vote. 
And you, mm-hmm. like you said, we're we're a mere five Scaramucci's away from the election. And <laughs> we really need to to buckle up, bear down, batten down the hatches and and just ignore the noise and have a plan. Amen. There are more of us than there are of them. And we can do this. We just got to do it. Mm-hmm. Got to show up and got to do it, whether it's your plan A or your plan B. We got to just make sure we get this done. And because of gerrymandering, we have to make up a five to seven percent differential just to just to be even Steven. And uh, and so and they know that. And so we really have to we really have to be motivated and excited. Um, so everyone, sh- you know, visit the website and then also tell everyone, you know, voting is easy. You know, we can do this. We can do this in these in these swing states and we can do this in these red states, too. Mm hmm. Um, we have seen it. Look, the entire country went up. The entire country went an average of ten points to the left in the 2018 midterm elections. Take heart, my friends. This is a movement. We just got to see it through. We got 57 more days. If you want to change this government over and get some sanity back into our country and not die from coronavirus, we have the people on our side. Yeah, we just got to make it. Happen. And we elected Democrats in places like Kansas and Alabama mm-hmm. and Kentucky and all across the South. Be- Beto came within three points in Texas. That's bananas. We've never seen anything like that. Arizona's going to flip. We can flip North Carolina, Kentucky. We can do this. You just have to be motivated and, and know know that it's safe and simple. And that is why the safe part, I'm so glad that you're, you're, you and, and these, you know, people like Deborah Messing and Piper Parabo are really pushing this, um, uh, vote at home initiative. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Stonewall.vote. Come check us out. We will do, uh, the everyone, Alex Mohager, activist, political commentator, and awesome, amazing person. We will save democracy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Everybody stick around right after this break. We will be right back with a good news block. Hang on. Hey, everybody. It's AG, and this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by Plush Care. With all that's happening now, it seems like everyday tasks are much more difficult. But seeing a doctor shouldn't be. It can actually be easier, and that's why I recommend using Plush Care. Plush Care provides primary and urgent health care through virtual appointments. And scheduling an appointment, even for the same day, is super easy. You just pick a slot that works, and you click it. Book online. Boom. I don't waste time on hold or sitting in crowded waiting rooms risking my health. With Plush Care membership, I, I get to see my doctor from the comfort of my own home, in my jammies, my onesies. Uh, with Plush Care, I get diagnosed, treated, and even have a prescription sent to my local pharmacy if I need. And that happens all within minutes. And if I have any questions before or after my visit, I get to send unlimited messages to my care team anytime. Plus, Plush Care accepts most major insurance carriers and is available in all 50 states. And with how difficult things are right now, if you're feeling anxious, depressed, or stressed about what's going on in the world, Plush Care doctors are there, are there to help by discussing treatment options and providing prescriptions if you need them. I can tell you personally, my Plush Care experience has been awesome. Signing up was super easy. It only takes one minute, and it's easy to schedule an appointment. The entire process has been so convenient. I was immediately comfortable and felt confident with my doctor, too. Because all Plush Care doctors graduated from one of the top 50 medical schools in the country, and they're highly rated by their patients, so I have peace of mind that I'm getting quality health care. Plush Care makes it easy for me to get the excellent care I need when I need it, and they can do the same for you. So start your membership today. Go to plushcare.com slash dailybeans to start your free 30-day trial. That's P-L-U-S-H-C-A-R-E dot com slash dailybeans for a free 30-day trial. Plushcare.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Oh my gosh, I love the good news segment, and I'm so excited about some of the submissions that we have um, from our listeners. You can you can submit personal good news, political good news, anything good news related, because we like to put it at the end of the show, so that we can, you know, kind of come down from the shit show lullaby of the actual news. Uh, you can submit your good news and your quarantine confessions and any corrections you have uh, for uh, for me by going to dailybeanspod.com. Clicking on contact and selecting whichever one of those things you want to submit, and they'll send it right to us. So let us kick this off with good news from Marta, whose pronouns are she, her. Hello, beans ladies, she says. While scrolling through Twitter, I came across someone near me here in southwest Washington state that gave me some hope. She wrote, quote, I just drove past the most obnoxious house in my area that usually looks like a Trump carnival. They have so many flags, banners, streamers, etc., Guy was out in his Marine Corps shirt and ball cap taking everything down except his proud 
veteran banner and his American flag. This was shortly after the Atlantic reported the orange one's awful comments about veterans in the military. We have a lot of Trump supporters in this area, but this gave me hope that they may, we may be able to flip Washington 3rd District blue. Our U.S. representative is Republican and tries to fly under the radar by never meeting in person with her constituents, but she constantly votes with Trump. She even announced she would be voting for Trump in 2020. Carolyn Long, at elect Long, is the Dem- that's her Twitter handle, at elect Long, is the Democratic challenger. And this race is considered one that could flip. I'm doing my part by contributing money, displaying yard signs, and phone banking for several local candidates, even though I'm an introvert. From my experience, taking some action, however small, is very helpful when it comes to relieving the anxiety that I feel. You know, Marta, we get that from so many listeners. They're like, I'm an introvert, I have so much anxiety, but just a little bit of phone banking or texting if you don't want to talk to somebody really like relieves my stress. And so we do get that a lot. So it can't, it it has to be true. That's my scientific uh, conclusion. So Marta continues, if you're able and would like to contribute to help get Carolyn Long elected as our representative, you can donate through her website at electlong.com or on Twitter at electlong. Love to listen every day. You have helped me stay as safe and sane as possible in these unusual times. Thank you so much, Marta. I I absolutely love this. And by the way, the image of a of a man in his marine shirt and and ball cap taking down his Trump stuff but leaving up his proud veteran and American flag is very moving in light of what Trump has said. Uh next up is a good news story from Patrick. Patrick said I recently celebrated my 33rd birthday of continuous sobriety. And two of my close friends each donated $33 to organizations intent on defeating Trump and our local food bank in my honor. I have great friends. Yes, you do. And congratulations, Patrick. That's an incredible milestone. I appreciate your commitment. And um, those are pretty great friends, donating $33 on your behalf for your 33rd birthday of sobriety. Awesome. Well done. Keep us posted. Next up, this is a quarantine confession. Confessor anonymous, pronouns she, her, and there's pet pictures. Tr- trigger warning for happiness. Um, <clears throat> she says, I've been playing with my dog and cat while I'm on the clock. <laughs> it's not my fault. They are the best pets ever. My pets love my Zoom calls and my coworkers get concerned when they're not on screen. I believe they may get job offers for legal department cheerleaders, and honestly, they deserve it. My pets love the fact that I am home, attached is a photo of them snuggling. My sweetest babies are worth the possibility of being fired. And there's this dog, and it's like, like, a, like a white dog with brown spots on his eyes. Dog, I'm a dog, and a, and a gray tabby looking like, what the fuck is this dog doing next to me? <laughs> this, thank you for this photo. Um, we Anonymous, we will definitely send this out in the newsletter. And next up, we have a good news submission from Sandy, whose pronouns are she, her. Sandy says, I am a dog trainer and behaviorist. Recently, in the beginning of one of my seven weeks classes, um, a mom and son showed up with a pit bull lab mix named Cassie. I am no force. I am a no force positive reinforcement trainer. So when the dog showed up with a prong collar and an e-collar, I was blown away. In the first session, we removed the collars and replaced them with a soft martingale. The dog smiled and heaved a sigh of relief. I was also told by my mom this was the last effort as she was out of control. This is the mom talking to 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 Kat, to Sandy. This was her last last chance because the dog was out of control and they were looking at taking her back to the shelter after being with them for one and a half years. After doing some tough love on mom, changing to a special harness and some work, this sweet girl has turned into a dog that is now part of the family. Mom and son are now planning to take more advanced courses with me. Due to some issues a few years ago from surgery, I have to do all my work using a walker, so sometimes it can be challenging. This family is exactly why I did not quit when I got a cruel twist of fate. I have attached a picture of Cassie doing a long three-minute leave-it with a peanut butter jar and a garlic grilled chicken bowl. Three-minute leave-it with peanut butter? Cassie is a good dog. Sandy, if you are in the San Diego area, let me know. I need to teach my dog how to do a three-minute leave it for anything. All right, next up, good news from Anonymous, pronoun she, her. 
I put up signs in my yard, both my front and backyard. I have gotten mostly positive comments from neighbors. Every time someone says, I like your sign, I tell them I can get them one. So far, I've had four neighbors take me up on that. Here's the kicker, though. I live in a neighborhood where traditionally there are no political signs. We keep our politics close to the vest. So I'm thrilled to find I live in a much more progressive neighborhood than I ever imagined. That might get tested in a few days when my Biden-Harris 2020 sign shows up, though. The sign says, we believe... Black lives matter. No human is illegal. Love is love. Women's rights are human rights. Human human rights. Science is real. Water is life. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. I love it. I've seen those signs around my neighborhood, too. Maybe we're in the same neighborhood. Hmm. Next up, good news from anonymous pronoun she, her. The Christchurch shooter who took 51 lives on March 19, 2019, was sentenced a couple of weeks ago. The youngest victim was the three-year-old boy, Mukad Ibrahim. We listened to the survivors reading their victim impact statements directly to the shooter as he sat in court. This was their time. One woman talked about missing her husband's cooking. A daughter missed the smell of her dad's cologne. Some of them made a scary trip across the world and went through two weeks of quarantine to get there. And thanks to our lovely prime minister, they were able to, despite our borders being closed. He got a life sentence without any chance of parole. He will spend the rest of his life in prison. I'm glad our police managed to arrest him without killing him and that he can't receive a death sentence. He's a young man who has a long life ahead of him and a lot of thinking to do. I hope those victim statements stay in his head for the rest of his life. Is this all good news? Well, yes, because he will never see the light of freedom again. And the Muslim community in the Christ in Christchurch has been able to take a huge step in their healing. I hope this will help them gain closure. I know this is a bit somber for the good news section, but I had to share how I felt with y'all and for Mukad. No, this is this is perfect. Thank you, Anonymous, for sharing that life in prison. Next up, good news from Rob, pronouns he, him. This is our last good news uh, submission. Hurricane Isaiah blew past my home last month. My neighbor, three doors down, had a massive tree fall down into the street. Fortunately, it fell on nothing and harmed nothing. Huge sigh of relief. Unfortunately, the next-door neighbor was not quite so lucky. A big section of his tree fell down and crushed part of the railing on the ramp to his front yard. The ramp is key as his husband is wheelchair-bound. I checked with my neighbor, and he wanted to wait until the winds died down. When it was safe, I got my chainsaw out and started cutting. My kids worked the loppers and got the limbs out of the way. Another neighbor joined, and then another, and then another. At our peak, we had eight or nine neighbors helping clear this tree. It felt so good knowing that my neighborhood will show up to help one of our best. This is how I was raised, how my wife and I try to raise our kids, and what we wish for everyone. Thanks, Rob. That is such a beautiful story. Look for the helpers, and that's you. That's incredible. Thank you so much for sending that in. Everybody, please send your good news stories. Again, dailybeanspod.com. Click on contact, select good news. You can also send your quarantine confessions the exact same way. So, everyone, Please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG, and them's the Beans. The Daily Beans is executive produced and directed by AG and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, executive assistant, production and social media direction is Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is dailybeanspod.com.